0: Let's go. go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. Podcast listeners, Al Martin here. You made it to Making Data Simple. Thank you for that. As always, I like to jump right in so we can have a great conversation and make the best use of your time. Today, I'm with Ryan Buick. The topic we're going to have today is all around data, new technology, startups, Let me give a brief intro about Ryan as the best I can. Ryan, let me butcher this for you. And then uh, you can correct everything that I say. (laughs) So Ryan Buick is the co-founder of Canvas. It's a Sequoia-backed startup that is reimagining the traditional office suite for a data-driven world. Ryan and his company are focused on making the process simplified and adaptable to the user. Another way to describe it, is Canvas is a collaborative data exploration tool that helps modern business teams make decisions without SQL. With <laughs> Canvas, startups transform a me- messy data request uh, into a collaborative experience for both business and data teams. That's the best I can do on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> Welcome, Brian. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And, and on a Friday afternoon... I don't know who did this to us, but they're trying to punish us, I think.
1: (laughs) Going into the the holiday weekend. Thanks thanks so much for having me on, Al. Well, thank you for being here. See, this is a Friday
0: afternoon. Look what I'm going to do. See, this is... (laughs) Did you hear that? Too bad that that's only club soda. (laughs) But that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to imagine it's a beer. It's like we're having a beer. Um, What beer are you drinking? Oh, look, what do you got? Club soda,
1: too? A little spindrift, yep.
0: Yeah, spindrift. All right, I've got some, uh, I don't know, Croy or something. Faking is, it I, at I the car- carbonation. Getting, you know? If we were having a beer,
1: what beer would you be having? Oh, um, my go to is uh, it's like a West Coast, like Pilsner. It's called Scrimshaw.
0: Scrimshaw, is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. All right, I, 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 that's a new one on me. I'd go with an IPA, <laughs> I'd go with a hazy IPA. But that'd be after I go for wine and after I go for bourbon, then I go for a hazy IPA. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be in that order, I think. I don't know. Take an opportunity to uh, outline your experience and what bring, wh- where you've been and what brings you to today.
1: Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, I grew up in San Francisco in the city itself. So watched, you know, the technology boom uh, growing up and knew that I always wanted to be a part of it. Uh, ran a few internet businesses while I was in college and really decided, you know, stumbled upon the product manager role. And that was, you know, a nice, you know, left brain, right brain combination of a few different things that that I wanted to do. And so started out uh, as a product manager, at a few different startups, uh, landed at Flexport. So I was one of the, the first PMs there. Uh, and for those of uh, your audience that don't know what Flexport is, basically building software for freight, you know, millennial old problem, helping... Uh, consumer brands that want to ship their goods from, you know, their factories in China to their distribution centers and warehouses and, you know, United States and Europe. And when I got there, I really saw, you know, just how data-driven the company was. And as a PM who had, you know, traditionally relied on, on, on data teams to, to get me the, the sort of data that I needed, I didn't really have those resources that early on. And so I had a lot of anxiety. And I, I you know, imagine this is a lot of the anxiety that a lot of operators out there face, Around you know not being able to independently and confidently get the answers that they need and be you know self sufficient in terms of their analysis and their decision making and so we uh, I, I decided to you know take nights and weekends courses learning you know SQL and data analytics and and really you know getting confident there uh, in terms of being able to work with data and really at the same time we saw you know over a thousand operators you know operations employees that. Were having the same issues and they're running their business out of google sheets and they're exporting out of bi tools and they're analytically minded but their only you know sin is that they don't know sql and so that inspired my co-founders and i uh my co-founders were early engineers as well we were all in the same team for a few years and uh when COVID hit we decided to to take a, you know similar product idea uh and go make that horizontal and so that's really what's informed starting canvas and so what canvas is is really a spreadsheet-like interface It's a command center for non-technical teams uh, to be able to take data from virtually any source, so either from a warehouse, from a database, even from the apps that that you use, uh, and be able to combine data sources together, use your spreadsheet skills, write formulas, build pivot tables, build charts, and really be able to collaborate uh, and also write SQL uh, with your data team and be able to collaborate with your data team in a much more sort of natural fashion rather than this traditional request response workflow and these data bread lines that we see at so many startups where you know the data team wants to focus on big strategic things, the business teams want, you know, answers quickly, and, and neither side is really happy with the status quo. And so that's really, you know, the problem that that we try to solve at Canvas.
0: Look, I got a lot of things I want to dissect, if you will. First of all, you got a huge mic right in front of you. <laughs> Are you doing many podcasts or something? That's like that's fancier in my mic that I have.
1: Here. <laughs> we're uh, we're just starting to play around with with doing our own, um, where we're you know bringing business and, and data leaders together to talk about Great. you know how to make how to make data easier and simpler as well. What's your podcast name? Uh, it we're deciding on the name right now, so I'm open to suggestions. So we're
0: <laughs> well, don't do making data simple. I w- I would
1: never. <laughs> All right. You mentioned you're in San Francisco. Are you still in San Francisco? That's right. Yeah, we're down uh, in downtown San Francisco right now. So I'm going to jump into
0: Canvas. But before I do, how do you go from product manager to founder? That's question number one. Question number two is, Man, you picked a hell of a time to do it. I love it. Look, I love talking to startups because of the innovation, the business investment, and, and the passion that you guys bring. So I have a lot of uh, startups that come on to the, the program here. But man, I like all the times to do it in the middle of COVID, you say, all right, to hell with it. No more product manager. I'm going to start up my own business. Tell me how that decision process works.
1: Totally. So when we were you know really building the the a a similar style product at flexport for an internal use case we we started to see some success with that Uh, my co-founders and i they were the engine manager and the tech lead for for the same team and you know covid was was hitting and we were seeing just how how hard and how how exacerbated the problem that we were solving was was getting with with being remote and so that had a lot to do with it honestly was was seeing just how hard it was for you know data teams and for, for, for business folks to get on the same page, right? Hey, I need this thing from you, right? They can't just go up and shoulder tap. They can't just go up and, and collaborate together. And so that inspired a lot of what we wanted to do. And then really looking at, you know, the timing of COVID and saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're relatively young, um, you know, we can, you know, the, the, the window is here if we wanted to try and do this thing. And so uh, one of my co-founders had had started something before, and so he was the the leading the charge. And so we we started getting together and decided to to, to commit to do it. And so that was uh, that was late 2020, and basically hit the road and, and started taking this idea that you know this pain that we had all felt personally, you know, from different sides. Right, me as a as a product manager, I was you know traditionally on the, the request side of the queue, right on of, of the ball, and so I was the one that. Is analytically minded, but didn't necessarily have you know the the hard technical skills to be able to to do SQL and Python and R and those things. And my my co-founders were the ones on the other side of the ball where they're responsible for for helping out with these questions and, and answering these technical questions. And so we felt like we had a, a pretty nice mix of skill sets. Um, and so we really just. Started to uh, to talk to everyone that would talk to us, right? So we had a great network from from <laughs> from, from the the companies that we had been at, and really just started to mold this this high level idea into okay, what's the number one burning pain that you have as a uh, as a biz ops uh, you know role at this company? What's the number one pain that you have as a head of data? What's the number one pain that you have uh, virtually to to all of our friends? And so, are you venture funded today? Yes, that's right. So we. Uh, in late uh, 2020, raised our, our seed round from Sequoia Capital um, and uh, from a number of angels as well, uh, Abstract Ventures and uh, SV Angel as well in there.
0: Was it three of you that started? Three Amigos? That's right. I mean, you're going to have to explain it in more detail. You kind of talked to this at the beginning, but what problems is Canvas solving?
1: Totally. So BI has been around for a long time. Right, business intelligence has been, you know, there's these tools that that we all know, um, and the the status quo has relatively remained unchanged. Right, even with the advent of the modern data stack, you have data teams that are responsible for providing dashboards to business teams who need them, and that is more or less a, a, a tractable, you know, solved problem for for a lot of uh, companies. The problem that is not solved is the everyday ad hoc exploration questions that the business has, right? And so they have a dozen questions that they're trying to answer every day, right? To do their jobs, to to make better decisions, to make faster decisions. And if you don't know SQL or you don't have access to the data, you essentially have two options. One, you can get into line with everybody else, can ask your question. And even if you get the answer back, you then have six additional questions, right? You want to slice and dice the, the data in different ways. You want to join it to, to test other hypotheses that you have. And that takes time, right? That takes days. It could take weeks between you know a painful sort of back and forth with, with the data team or, or, or the, the expert. And on the other, the other option... You, If you don't know SQL, you just go to your tools and you export to CSV. And then sooner or later, you're, maintain, you're maintaining your own operations uh, reporting in, in a maze of Google Sheets or Excel, right? And someone, you know, the lowest person on the totem pole is responsible for updating that with the freshest data every you know Monday morning. And you're late, you're, you're, you're reactive instead of proactive. Uh, you're making manual mistakes while updating those sheets. Maybe you're lucky if you get somebody to write a Python script for you, right? Um, the sheets slow down. You don't have permissions uh, to control things. You don't have a lot of version and control. And so that's really the some of the core, the pain that we solve is, hey, here's a interface that sits on top of your warehouse that allows you to use your spreadsheet skills to do the things that you're already doing offline. And you're analytically minded, but you just don't have the ability to do it with real-time data. And so that's that's a lot of the, the the value that we're trying to bring to these operators is giving them this feeling of independence, giving them this feeling of confidence to be able to use their skills, but work with real time data to do their jobs uh, better. So say more about that interface, because you,
0: you know, you said earlier, it's a spreadsheet like interface. I work with a lot of clients, you know, they're trying to get out of spreadsheets, not back in them. Still, there's got to be a canvas difference. You know, there's some no-code, low-code options out there. There's visualization, there's a reporting. Say more about the interface and what's the Canvas difference?
1: Sure thing. So on the interface side, it's uh, something that looks and, and feels a lot like what you're used to, right? So the you know flow for us is that you can actually pull data directly from a certified source, right? So we work a lot with data teams that are using DBT for data modeling, right? And instead of having to write uh, individual... Uh, you know queries and individual um, you know layers of uh, you know a, a, a modeling language. They can actually just expose those D B T models directly to the business, and the business can then go and explore that data and use you know their formula skills, use their pivoting skills, uh, to build their own dashboards or to answer their questions or to automate their offline reporting, right, um, directly on top of that 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 real time data. And so that's, you know, really the, the interface. And that's also, frankly, what makes us different is that you can actually connect to virtually any data source. If you're a small startup, you can connect to the apps that you use, join that data um, with your, with, you know, with your Postgres. Uh, so we put them on a, a managed stack um, that allows them to, to combine all those data sources and really get the benefits of, you know, bringing in a data consultant for, for much less of a, of a cost. And then for larger organizations, we really leverage the modern data stack and what's going on there to expose their DBT models, uh, expose the descriptions and the metadata in the DBT project so that you know it uh, reduces a lot of the questions around, hey, what does this table mean? What do these columns mean that business users often ask? And so really it's that, that meeting business users where they are, but also giving them the ability to use certified, trusted real-time data that the data team is, is providing.
0: Does that mean to say, if you are a, an Excel spreadsheet guru, I mean, there's a lot of companies operating out of spreadsheets, no question. But if you have that expertise, this is the solution for you. When you say spreadsheet-like interface, tell me what that like is.
1: Yeah, so our, our web app is essentially, it looks and feels like a, a collaboration tool like Mural or Figma. Um, combined with the ability to have these multiple tables moving around, right? So that you can uh, essentially, you know, grab a, import imported a table instead of writing a SQL query and then filter it like you're, you know, you're in a spreadsheet. And so it's all home, homegrown. We've, we've built that interface uh, for them. And on the background, what's really happening is that every spreadsheet action is translated into SQL. And so that's really mm-hmm. the the spreadsheet-like interface, right? And so... The problems that we solved by doing that, and that was very intentional, right? We want to be able to have SQL-like performance, but with an interface that is relatively no code, low code, right? And so you have these teams that come to us and they say, hey, we have our entire OKR process all in Google Sheets, or we have our entire forecasting process all in Google Sheets, and it's, you know assembled from a bunch of tabs that say do not edit or refresh this date right and so they go in and they're spending hours every week updating it they're making mistakes they're slow to see insights because the reporting cadence is you know weekly instead of real time and so we go in and basically allow them to still with the same folks that they have the same uh people be able to then replicate that in our tool and have it with massive data sets, have it with a million, couple million rows, uh, be able to adjust it and slice and dice on the fly, um, and be able to proactively report and get get the insights when they're happening rather than waiting a week for someone to update that data.
0: So can you walk me through it just a little bit further in terms of the visualization you're talking about? Because what I'm understanding is, is that if I'm looking at your app, so to speak, it's, uh, I can see all the tables, I can move data where I want to move them. I can get retrieval of whatever query I'm essentially looking for. Do you need to use any AI? Do you use any native language requests to get some of that data? If I want to have, see how many uh, customers are over are, are spending over X number of dollars, it'll be able to pull that data right on the screen there and then all the sequels happening in the background that your tool is providing. Just put it all together for me, if you could.
1: For sure. So there's a couple of different options. So one, there's, the you know, the, with, the, with the rise of dbt, a lot of these data teams are putting together wide tables, right? Kimball model tables that are easily uh, explored, right? And so you can say, hey, if you have an open-ended question, exploratory question, here, grab, grab our transactions model, right? Be able to, to take that, grab our retention model, be able to take that and, and slice it and dice it the way that you want. Uh, and that's coming directly from from DBT in the warehouse. There's other customers that are saying, "Hey, let's put some metrics in front of you." And so it's a you know relatively refined, you know materialized uh, metric table that they can then go and see um, and be able to do some lightweight exploration on top of. And then there's other teams that just have you know already the charts and 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 everything assembled in a in a dashboard, and that's like a standard you know sort of BI use case where these users can come in and then you know search for a particular customer or region and and be able to double click into the data and and understand what's going on there. So it's really up to you know the the preferences of the the customer that we're dealing with. It's typically hey we want some wide tables for for us to explore. Hey we want some predefined metrics that are you know relatively. Um, relatively you know refined and 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 difficult to you know get wrong right because you know if you're if you're taking this data and it's as open-ended as a spreadsheet uh you know mistakes can happen and so that's our responsibility as well is to to allow that flexibility but put in some guardrails right
0: is there visualization reporting and i guess you know back to my original question can you write any uh, language or, or just write out your query i mean like n- not in Sql form but like in natural language form.
1: Uh, no, not at the moment. It's definitely something that we're thinking about. And one of the things that we're most excited about um, is this this concept of templates where you know a lot of the questions that that folks from, from different startups have, you know marketing teams want to see the same funnel. Um, you know finance teams want to see the same cohort analysis, right. And so those are some of the things that we're starting to, uh, to package together. That really lend itself to sort of that more natural language. Hey, I just want to grab this this metric. I want to see my LTV to CAC, right? Or I want to see, you know, my MRR, right? And so those are prefabricated packages that 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 we have and that we've productized um, that really help business teams get the value really quickly without you know months of working with with a, a data consultant or a data data team to be able to assemble those.
0: This is kind of a difficult question. But I, I kind of referred to this earlier. A lot of the customers I'm working with, are trying to get out of spreadsheets. I mean, go into more individualization, skip them all together. Now, on one hand, this is a way of of doing just that in what the the technology you're providing. On the other hand, does it worry you that a lot of clients, they're in that mindset right now? Or do you say, hey, that's like trying to get rid of gasoline cars. It's going to be 20 years uh, before that happens, and I'll be off to my next thing. I'm just trying to get a, a sense of where the business is in
1: terms of where you are today and where you want to be. Great question. We talk to a lot of data teams that they know that, you know, they have a contract with the business where if the business takes something in the sheets, then it's not their responsibility, right? That, that it's up to the business then. Um, we have a lot of data teams that, you know, come to us and say, hey, we have a strategic BI tool, but the split between our strategic work and our ad hoc work is... to 80% instead of 80% to 20%, right? And so we asked why that is. And our thesis is that the majority of that work is because these business teams don't have the right skills and the right interface to be able to join different data sets together, to be able to dive into the data, to be able to explore it beyond these basic charts and beyond these basic metrics that they have in dashboards, right? And these folks are really analytically minded but they just don't have a home right now other than spreadsheets. And so that's really what we try to provide is say, hey, you know, your spreadsheets might be looked down on, but they still rule the world. So let's actually bring them into this age of, of big data. Let's actually use some of the best concepts of the spreadsheet, but let's reimagine it around, around data and let them do their work over that real-time data that has, you know, the benefits of governance that has the benefits of performance that has the benefits of, of, of permissions and control.
0: What is your pitch? Let's say I'm a customer, uh, you're walking into, you know, a customer, you want to sell them your solution. By the way, is your solution SaaS only? Is it on-prem? Is it
1: both? Uh, just SaaS. So it's just a web just app today.
0: Uh, what, what's your targeted client base, client profile?
1: Yes. So we sell right now to, Data teams that are on the modern data stack, mm-hmm. if they have a DBT project that's well built out, right, that gives a great, reasonable starting place, right? Because they can say, hey, we'll expose these, we'll we'll solve our ad hoc problems by just exposing these tables and just give a better, more natural way to collaborate with the business team and give them what they, what they need. And then we also have earlier stage customers who don't have a data team who want to combine a few different apps and and their product data from their database. And we give them a really nice, easy way to connect those different data sources um, and be able to do that work without months of implementation. And so so, essentially
0: you target any size client. Is that true? Any size client? Is there
1: a client that's easier to sell to though? It's generally B2B SaaS uh, or e-commerce. And it's generally like like early to like growth stage. So like series A to C
0: how long have you been GA? I mean, been, been selling, actively yeah, since selling? About,
1: yeah, since February of this year.
0: This year. All right. If you walk in, here was my original question. If you walk into a client and you're, you, you're making your pitch and they say, Hey, Ryan, don't worry about it, man. Uh, we've got Cognos. I've got a database. We're all set up. What's your comeback? What's your pitch?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so, so right now, um, and this has happened multiple times where you know they stand up their their BI tool and it doesn't solve their request problem they're still having to hire an analyst for every 10 15 business roles that they that they bring on and so that's really at the heart of the the problem that we think we we're we're, we're we're solving here is that you can have your strategic BI tool it's going to be great for exec level metrics it's going to be great for your OKRs but you're still going to have that problem because these operators need a way to better explore that data and if they don't have that way then they're either putting into csvs which is another mess of problems for you as a data team or they're coming to you and they're filing tickets and so it's a uh, it's a Often a, a you know a journey that you let them go on and, and be able to say okay let's 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 see if you can actually recruit, reduce your you know ad hoc request volumes with with this tool that you have um, because we see ourselves as complementary to the tools of, of the past decade.
0: Is this kind of like Walmart coming in and setting up shop right across the street from a Kmart to put them out of business or whatever? Because you, I mean, do you feel like it's even better when they've got a BI reporting tool that they're using extensively, or does it matter
1: to you? Yeah, I mean it's it's BI BI is a big uh, a, a lot of surface area to cover, right? And so I think the the trend that, that we're seeing is that there are multiple with the modern data stack, right? You have these these best of breed isolated parts of parts of the stack, right? And so if you have, you know, FiveTran, you know, pumping all your data into Snowflake and you have a DBT you know, a DBT project that's that's uh, consistent, right? Consistent metrics and consistent data. Why not have uh, an interface that your data team can write, you know, SQL and Python and R out of? Why not have an interface that your business teams can work comfortably out of? Right? These teams uh, are are used to, you know, more and more this prosumer style of software, right? The software that's that's delightful uh, and really speaks to them in their use cases. And so that's really where where we're starting is saying, hey, we want to be the interface for your business teams. You can, you know, still do your strategic work. You can still write you know, your, your, your hardcore, um, you know, data processes and workflows and, and another tool. Um, we sit on, you know, you're not storing any business logic in, in the front end, right? Like the, the BI tools of the past decade. Um, so turn it on and, and see what happens and see if it makes your life better.
0: What if I'm a customer that hasn't moved the use case that I'm soliciting your feedback on, what if I haven't moved
1: that to cloud? That's generally why we, we try to work with, you know, B2B SaaS companies um that are okay. that are relatively new relatively early stage so
0: so you do have a customer profile then it'd be those that are SaaS in cloud typically are just getting started that's the best opportunity for canvas at this point that's right okay that makes sense um any client references today
1: yeah. So we have a, a handful of, uh, relatively, you know, sort of early stage series, a series B customers, uh, that are using the tool. And I think that the most exciting feedback that we get from, from their business teams is I've never been able to see my data like this before. I've never been able to actually independently and, and, and confidently be able to work with this data in the way that I need, right. Instead of feeling like they're dependent, instead of feeling like they're, they're waiting. Um and and honestly there's a lot of these these roles that frankly have imposter syndrome right because a lot of these operational roles 5 10 years ago were a lot of manual work and a lot of you know uh you know flipping switches and and hitting buttons and a lot of that largely is getting automated away and so now every role is becoming a strategic data driven role i mean it's hard to see a resume that doesn't ask You know, that doesn't mandate that it's a a data-driven, you know, applicant for that role. And so we really give them that confidence to say, hey, uh, maybe I don't know a ton of SQL. Maybe I I don't know a ton of these hard technical skills, but I actually can be data-driven. I can answer a lot of the questions that I'm getting from my CEO at midnight, you know, on the spot, right? Rather than saying, hey, I'll have to get back to you. Or rather than being, hey, in a presentation, someone asks a question, you get caught flat-footed. Right. With our tool, you can actually just double click and dive into that data and be able to get that answer when you need it.
0: You must have different personas in security built in or security profiles on who can access what data within your tool. Yeah,
1: that's right. So you can a couple different options again. So you can either you have role based access control in every user's account. You can you can do it on the warehouse level and prevent PII from getting into our system. Um, and you can control that by role, or you can do that in, in canvas. And so you can limit say, Hey, this team uh, only has access to these models or, you know, uh, this, this particular dashboard, this particular canvas, that's we, as we call it, uh, can't, uh, you know, can't access these data sources. You know, these teams can't access this, right. If you have your investor metrics canvas, so you have the flexibility and freedom there to, to control up data at different levels. Is your go to market all subscription then, or that's right. So it's a, a, annual, uh, annual subscription right now. Um, and you know, you can come in. So we, we've been product led growth since the beginning. So, you know, thinking about how to be different in the space and, you know, a lot of these teams, they don't want to talk to people, right. They want to go in and and kick the tires on the tool and see for themselves what you can do. And so we've made it, you know, as easy as possible for, for, for new users to come in and, and sign up and use the tool and connect their data, uh, for, for a couple of weeks. Uh, and be able to to really get to value and see what we're about, um, rather than having to go through a lengthy implementation, you know, process and uh, and something that takes a long a, a long time. We'd we'd much rather you know have both sides get to value and, and and qualify.
0: Who do you consider your biggest competitor in this space? I mean, look, you could look at the big enterprise visualization, analytics, reporting, et cetera, et cetera, companies, but I don't know that those are really competitors. Do you have? A competitor who's your biggest competitor in this space
1: yeah i mean honestly the way that we we think about this and the when we talk to data teams they don't they don't see us as a competitor to the to their existing tools they see this as hey how are we actually going to solve this problem of the requests that we're getting and the only interface that looks and does the job similar to what these operators want is spreadsheets and so they see us as a viable alternative to getting their teams out of spreadsheets. So, you know, going back to your original, you know, statement where these teams are trying to get everyone out of spreadsheets, we see ourselves as the natural evolution to do that, right? Because you're not having to do a ton of training. You're not putting the spaceship tool in front of your business teams. They can get in and they, they know what to do with relatively little relatively little uh, help. And so, you know, we uh, we really see ourselves as, as competing almost with these spreadsheet manual export workflows that are happening, you know, almost ubiquitously today.
0: Well, let me ask the question a little bit differently than what is your biggest inhibitor to getting a sale? Spreadsheets themselves? Because they say, nah, we're good. We think we can do it with the spreadsheets. And you're like, hey, good luck. Or is it some other thing that gets in the way of, because look, you can make a case, I'll make a case for you that damn near everybody's using a spreadsheet. Of some shape or form. So, if what you're telling me holds true, and you seem like a trustworthy guy, (laughs) I would say that uh, everybody would need your tool, right? So, why doesn't everybody have your tool?
1: Great question. Right now, I would say data quality is going to be one of the biggest inhibitors, right? And that could be data quality in your tools, it could be data quality in your database or your warehouse. That's Really, I think where, you know, and we, and we talk about this a, a ton, right? Is data quality, quality, observability, making sure all of your pipelines are, are, uh, are, are working correctly, um, making sure that, you know, data is not only high quality, but it's also usable. And so that's uh, a trend that we're really trying to, to ride, right? Is watching these data teams that are, you know, organizing their data and making it not just quality, but also reasonable. And so that's probably the biggest inhibitor is, you know, you have a lot of teams that are, you know, say that they, they love DBT and they're, and they're just getting started and building out their project. Um, but it's too early. There's not enough models for, for, for the business team to go in and explore and answer a ton of questions that they have.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then on the other side with, you know, connecting directly to apps, it's, Hey, there's, there's still a lot of test data in here. There's still a lot of data that, that needs to be, that needs to be cleaned up. And so yeah, I'd say data quality is probably the number one reason.
0: So, but on the, I get your your point on those that are just starting out. Maybe they're not to a point where they need you yet. On the other side, are you saying that, like, sometimes these companies that you may work with may have a data swamp. And so being able to use your tool on top of a data swamp, poor data in means poor data out. You, you get stopped at the data itself.
1: That's right. And that's, and that's really something that we, we, we try to optimize for and qualify, you know, early on in the conversation is, Hey, you know, what is, what is the state of your warehouse views? What is the state of your, your dbt project, right? Is this something that you'd be comfortable putting in front of the business, right? Instead of having to artisanally craft every response that you give, that you give back to the business, is this something that you'd feel confident putting in front of them? Um, are those the right, the right layers that we talked about earlier? And so. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that's you know more and more teams are are trending towards, and and it's always a, a battle to get there. But you know we want to be uh, we want to be the interface for when that happens.
0: So we we've went through what Canvas is, what problem you're solving, your differentiators. Look, um, one more minute on you know how would you sell the folks that are listening? They're thinking maybe I need this, maybe I don't. What would you say? What would you say to push them over the edge and say, look, you got to go check us out. Here's why.
1: Totally. If you're a data team and you cannot scale, and you're underwater, and your analysts are burning out because they're having to help out the business so much, check out our tool. Give yeah, them but that's job
0: security for those guys, right? What's up? <laughs> I said that could be job security for those listeners.
1: It's definitely job security, but it's also a, it's a it's a better quality of life, right? For for, <laughs> that. for for that job they can they can work on the things that they got into data science to work on right? They didn't get into to data science to work on every, you know, tactical request from, from, from everyone in the org, right? Um, and so that's, that's my sell to data teams. And then for, you know, founders listening for line of business owners on, on the ops side, on the sales ops side, finance side, PMs, uh, your team is making slower, you know, maybe suboptimal decisions today because they're reliant on someone else. And so with our tool... Uh, You can connect to the sources that you need. You can get that data in an interface that you're comfortable with and be able to, to move faster and make better decisions.
0: What is your definition of success for Canvas in
1: the next three years? Definition of success is that we're helping hundreds of data teams scale and we're helping hundreds of business teams be able to get out of spreadsheets and be able to maintain their own reporting that's accurate, that's real time. Or near real time, and that they feel independent, and that they feel confident. How many
0: people are part of the company today? How
1: many? How many have you grown to? Yeah, just a just a handful. So we're just starting out. So we yeah, spent most good. of last year just spent most of last year building, and um, you know, had a had a handful of design partners that were building the tool around. And um, yeah, since February, I've, you know, starting to pick up more and more traction.
0: If I was a good podcast host, I would ask this question at the beginning, which I'm not. Uh, I know you're a founder, but wh- what's your formal role? I mean, what do you, what do you hold? I, I know that you're the marketing right now because you're out on a podcast with me.
1: But what else? What other roles do you hold? Yeah, totally. So I am uh, I'm doing a you know wear wear a ton of hats. So I am basically right now helping you know all of our users that sign up because we're product led growth. You know they can come in and sign up. Um, working with them to get to value, so building out, you know, their first initial use cases, right, and helping them in the tool, uh, and then also reaching out to to new folks, doing the founder sales thing, um, and then doing the marketing stuff and, and, and doing podcasts like this.
0: What's your biggest fear to success? I mean, is it like the macroeconomics? Like, if we head into a recession, is it? No, that's not it. Is it people embracing the technology fundamentally? Is it uh, being able to scale yourself fast enough to make a difference? I mean, what is it? What, what, do, you, do you have a fear? I mean, everybody has a fear. What would be your biggest fear?
1: Yeah, I think, I think biggest fear is just making sure that we, I, I think it's, a, it's an execution risk, right? You've gone into this space that has a, a, a ton of folks in the space and there's a lot to build. And so I think it's mainly a prioritization and, and hey, how quickly and how, how well, can we build this product that, um, you know, we have strong signal that, that people love already, but can we actually build it in the right way and, and and keep it simple and keep it relatively easy to use and not turn it into a spaceship? So I think, it's a, I think it's an execution and design risk.
0: The cool thing about that, if that is your biggest fear, then it's all within your control. And um, I mean, you, you define the success of the future, right? Make it happen. I like it all in. That's what I mean about passion for those that are in started business. Is there anything that I should have asked you that uh, I didn't anything you wish I would have asked you?
1: No, I think we I think we covered a ton. Um, I'll I'll plug uh, Canvas real quick, which is please do uh, you can you can uh, go to our site. It's canvasapp.com, app.com. Uh, and you can sign up for yourself. You can watch a demo on the site. Uh, you can connect your data sources, your warehouse, your database, your apps directly. Um, and start to play around with the data and really understand, um, you know, the problems that, that, that it solves.
0: Very good. Usually I have to ask somebody to give their, uh, their contact information. You volunteered it. You're like a professional. <laughs> I like it. Very China. good. How do they reach, how do they reach you, Ryan?
1: Yeah. So, My uh, Twitter is at Ryan J. Buick. It's B-U-I-C-K. Or my email is Ryan at canvasapp.com.
0: What do you do for fun, my friend, when you're not doing this, when you're not doing in startup land?
1: Oh, man. Um, I like to hang out with my dog, uh, go to the beach, and I'll try to bike around the city as much as I can. The beach is pretty cold around there, is it not? You can't get in the water. No, you cannot. (laughs)
0: but i guess you can hang
1: out in the beach but you can throw a tennis ball with your dog is is a a couple of miles okay i like that
0: yes you got what you gotta have one of those slingshots and just throw it like three miles down and then wait till hopefully he'll come back
1: exactly
0: (laughs) very good what's your favorite restaurant in san francisco one thing i love about san francisco is you guys got a ton of great restaurants what's your favorite one
1: original joe's in north beach hands down
0: Original Joe's in North Beach, Tell me a little bit more about it. What are we serving?
1: It's like a old school Italian um, just an old school Italian restaurant. It's been there forever. Um, it's like steaks, pasta. It's right in the heart of North Beach, right in Washington Square there. so um, it's just a, a really fun part of town and, and a pretty amazing meal.
0: Wow, you didn't hesitate at all when I asked that question. That's no. like at your top of your list and then there's like this big blank. There's a before there's a the mile
1: other. a mile gap.
0: <laughs> wow. You don't own the place, do you? Or no. you don't... <laughs> No, this,
1: that's free. That's that's how you you know you have a product people love.
0: That that's what you want people to say about Canvas, right? They're right. That's a that's a customer reference right there. You have any book <laughs> that you highly recommend? What's your most favorite or your most recommended book for others that you, that that you love? Kind of butchered that question, but you, <laughs> you get it, I think.
1: Yeah, what's a book that I'm
0: Anything you recommend? It could be a podcast too. I know you love Making Data Simple, but forget Making Data Simple for now. I'm looking <laughs> for something else.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pr- probably not the number one book that I recommend, but it's the book that I'm reading right now. And especially if you're at a startup and you are uh, thinking about, how to run it and how to make the right decisions. It's the, the founders, it's the story of the PayPal mafia. Um, and it's just an incredible, like deep dive. I think a lot of business books sort of skim and keep it high level. And it's sort of the same anecdote Mm -hmm. over and over again, this book dives into the nitty gritty and the details of what it was like to be there when it was happening. Um, and goes goes super in depth, and you learn a ton from those details. Look,
0: um, I, seriously, I wish you ultra success. If there's anything I can do uh, to help, um, I'll certainly do that. I think you know we'll have this out in a few weeks. We'll socialize about it. Uh, anything you want to end with before I sign off to the listeners?
1: No, I think that was great. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Al. I really appreciate it.
0: No, you bet. I I enjoyed it. And for you listeners, you know, my spill by this time, but uh, please rate us wherever you're listening to us. Hit us on AlMartinTalksData at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We'd love to have you on. And I guess until next time, we'll see you on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.